Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube. You can see Sam Fortier over here. Anyway, you can check us out on YouTube. We go to the Empire Media page. We're there. Um, you can always read my work on ESPN.com. Hit that like button and subscribe button if you do go to Empire Media's YouTube page. Anyways, as you can see, I'm joined by Sam Fortier, who is at the Combine office. Sam, I appreciate you joining me. So, you know, we we heard from Dan Quinn, Adam Peters today. In general, did anything really jump out to you? Well, John, I appreciate you having me. When my editor sent me to Indianapolis, she said, make sure that you make time to get on the John Kime Report. And it sounds like you might be playing through a little bit of congestion. So I, I appreciate you playing <laughs> playing hurt right now. Um, yeah, so look, I, th- I think the most notable thing out of today was actually not from Adam Peters or Dan Quinn. The most notable thing to me was from the scrum that Ryan Poles, the Bears GM, had with Chicago reporters. And he told them that, look, we don't know what we're going to do yet, but whatever we do, we are going to resolve it soon. And and he basically suggested that if the Bears are going to take a quarterback with their their top pick, uh, they're going to trade Justin Fields before free agency because, quote, I want to do right by Justin, is what Poles said. So to me, that says we will know the fate of the number one pick within the next two weeks, which is right. a really quick timeline. And I think it's going to be really helpful um, for us, for commanders fans to understand if the commanders go up, if they stay put, you know, kind of where is the bank of these quarterbacks? Who are we really talking about at this point? You know, it's funny to stick it on that topic will be, and Paul's also talked about, um, by the way, shout out Mrs. Fortier and just know with your son in Indy, what happens in Indy stays in Indy. Okay. So don't ask Sam about this later on down the road. Just let him be right now. Anyways. <laughs> um, but anyways, with polls, um, he also talked about the, that if they were going to trade out of that top pick, they'd want to get something substantial. But it makes me also wonder too, because there's a lot of talk. I always look at it from the perspective of Washington. Would you give up? How much would you give up to you know, would you rather have Jaden Daniels or May plus all these picks or go get Caleb Williams? And I'd wonder if the uh, the Bears have to be thinking the same thing. Would you rather have, you know, Caleb Williams or one of those other two guys plus all the plus the extra draft capital, too? And I think I but I, I, you know, I think that's I know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, look, I feel like the Super Bowl was a really good kind of litmus test for that. Right. You can have a stacked roster with a quarterback who is pretty good. You know, I I think he's like a fine average quarterback. Or do you want to have a guy who has the shot of being the best quarterback in the planet? And obviously the the Chiefs have that guy and and he's, you know, won it twice in a row. And I think there's a real reason that teams are swinging on these traits, you know, in the same way that the Jets took Zach Wilson. I mean, obviously didn't pan out, but taking those shots, I don't think that should stop you from saying, hey, like our process is just like taking swings on really talented quarterbacks. And so, for me, I think it depends on the price. You know, if you're going up one spot, do you have to give up? I think at a baseline here, we're probably talking about this year's one and next year's one. I think that's a baseline. Minimum. So, you know, how much beyond that are you willing to go to go up one spot? You know, the, the deal that I go back to that I reference is, um, you know, when the Bears jump the Niners one spot to get Mitch Trubisky or, um, 
or when you're talking about, hey, uh, the Niners went from 12 to three for Trey Lance. Obviously, that's a big jump. But but kind of what are we talking about here? And if it's more than two firsts, I don't think I would want to do it. Right. Um, but if it's if it's two firsts and a third or a fourth, then it's more palatable. But I think it really comes down to and this week is going to be important for this because it's the first time they're going to get in a room with Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jane Daniels. What do you think of these guys? Right. What do you see on tape? What do you see in the room? Are they capable of because if, if you think that any of these guys has a chance to be a Patrick Mahomes level superstar, I don't know if there's a price too high to pay. <laughs> well, and I think that's where, to your point, this is what that week is good for. It's a start of getting to know these guys. And I know, you know, there, there's also going to be pro days, visits. They're going to go, they go to their, you know, visit them at their place, whatever. And so you're going to get a chance to know, them, but this is the start of that to see, is this a guy that's worth investing into that level? Cause that's a massive investment. Um, and I think that's something that, they're, but the other thing, Sam too, you know, and I know like, they're not going to be like, and Peter said this today too, but they're not going to be like these extremely active players in free agency. Right. And so I wonder how aggressive are they going to be? Or are they going to let it just like t- let the process go or which is, you know, which would mean keeping your draft capital or do you just say like, well, when you have that opportunity, you have to take it. Time, I'm going to put on my, my tinfoil hat here and just say, I I'm just, I'm just not 100% sold on them not using all their cash space. I know like, like to me, Every GM says we want to build to the draft. Every GM says keep the main thing the main thing. And I think that those are smart, prudent, sustainable strategies. And I'm not going to like make fun of them in any way. But if you think to yourself, okay, because when free agency starts, we'll have clarity on do they have the, have they traded up to the number one pick? They, they're going right, to know right, a lot right, more about right. the situation they do right now. If you say, if you trade up and you say, okay, now we don't have that draft capital and we, but we know we're getting Caleb Williams and we want Caleb Williams to, to have success. And we have a lot of holes on our offense, particularly on the offensive line, you know, all, all these dominoes start mm-hmm. to fall. And so I understand what Peters is saying right now, but I wonder if he's operating on incomplete information when he's saying uh, those things. And you know what? That makes sense because if you think you're going to move up to try and get him, if you think there's a chance you have an opportunity to still fortify your roster in a way that you haven't. And I don't think, like I will say, I don't think they're going to go be reckless with it. We've I've seen reckless here. Um, and 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 I do like I don't think this is a smokescreen on his part to say, oh, we're not going to be active and then go jump in and spend wildly. I don't see that at all. However, if you get to that point and let's say you have a chance to trade for him that's where you can say, well, you spend a little bit more maybe to fortify to give that kid a chance. Right. And I think that's the thing for me is, and and even if they do spend, like you said, I think it will be smart, long-term yeah, deals, smart. Yeah. And and I, I want to go back to, I did a story about the 49ers a couple of years ago, and I had someone tell me that they overpaid for Kyle Juszczyk. Remember their front office told me they overpaid for Kyle Juszczyk at the time, gave him the richest fullback deal in, in, his, in, in history, which honestly is not that big. There's not a ton of fullbacks. But his point was, look, this is a bad team, and we need good culture guys, and so we are willing to overpay some guys because they, they're going to come in and they're going to help us establish the mission right. and the vision that we want. And so I could see – some of that as well, you know, like it's not going to be, yeah. Hey, the best edge rusher on the market. We're gonna give him a crazy deal. I could see like, Hey, this guy, you wouldn't expect to get that much, but he does intangible things that we value. 
London Fletcher was that guy a few years ago. And, you know, with Josh Harris, they did that with the New Jersey Devils several years ago. And I'm going to forget the guys. It was a defenseman, excuse me. And they went out and spent before they were ready to win because they knew he could be the help get them there and then still be good when they were ready to win. But it, you know, and so I could, I can definitely see action like that. Um, and I still don't think they're going to trade up. I do think they like that draft capital. Uh, but you know, who knows what that, I don't know what the price is and, you know what I mean? I, I, I thought you were going to say something, but yeah. Well, just no, this, I mean, this is, this is, I think the fun part, right? It's the fluidity. It's right. Cause Ryan Poles to me, when Ryan Poles says that today, he is sending a beacon to every other NFL general oh, manager yeah. that's saying, make your best offer and just know that we have a hard deadline here. So he is kind of setting an artificial deadline, which hopefully for him will increase the, the, you know, the offers. And so, yeah, this is the this is the fascinating part. This is the gamesmanship, and I think it's something for Adam Peters where I wonder. You know, he didn't talk about this a lot, but it's the first time being in the chair. You know, and and what is the price? Even if you're not interested in going up, is there a certain threshold where you say if it's this cheap or if it's this? You know, if it's this or that, we are willing to pull the trigger. So finding that equilibrium and and how he navigates the situation, I think is going to be really really interesting considering how potentially transformative this number two pick has the has the chance to be for this franchise right and, and clearly you don't dismiss any thought of moving up out of hand because the the one thing we know about josh harris he's a guy who wants all the information he can get and if you know to make a move like he's if he goes in and say what are you gonna do we're gonna stay put why did you look at trading up yes but this was the cost but if you tell him no we didn't look at it then it's like why not go check it out because you need to know, right? You need to know every scenario. And that goes back, like the other one is Sam Howell. And I know they both brought him up and 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 praised him and um, and like him, but we don't know what's going to happen with him. But, you know, he's a, it's a, you have to explore all options. Do you look into possibly trading him? Do you just say, keep him? I think you have to explore everything with them at this point. A scout actually asked me this today. He was like, do you think the commanders would trade Howell if they took a top kid? And- a part of me wanted to say, no, he's would be a really good backup. He's won games. He makes a lot of sense. You should keep him here. And then the other part of me is, okay, so let's say you keep two quarterbacks like you've always done on, on your active roster. Why wouldn't you go sign Jacoby Brissett or another veteran guy to come mentor the young guy? And so if you're only going to keep two quarterbacks, there's no way Sam Howell's making it through waivers. So so at that point, like, why wouldn't you try to recoup some draft capital for him? So I think there's strong arguments to be made yeah. for trading and keeping Sam Howell. And, and I'm just, you know, not to waffle on this, but I really do see both sides here. Listen, in this situation, my only point ever bringing it up is you have to explore every scenario. Because if you don't, you're shortchanging your franchise. And the case for Sam is I think the kid can play in the league. And I think they do, too. It's just what level? And he's got two more years on a rookie contract. And I think he's really good in the room. He's a smart quarterback. The The other side would be you could go get a Jacoby. Let's say, again, Jacoby Brissett comes back. And we know how he is with young quarterbacks. Then you have your two quarterbacks. You get something for Sam um, because you don't, you know, then you can go draft a guy next year following the 49er model about Brock Purdy came after a year after Trey Lance. Now you have two young guys on rookie contracts uh, for four years. And so like that, so there's a scenario both ways 
you know, I, like I said, I think Sam can play. and I think he'd be good with, um, you know, just to see where he goes. But by the time he develops here with these coaches, he's going to be up for free agency too. So there's that, there's that back and forth with it. And again, I think you can make a strong case either way. So the question is, what's the price? Right. If you, right. if you get a top kid. So let's say, let's take the Trey Lance example. Trey Lance went for a, a third, I believe. If, if or fourth, maybe if you got, so GM Kime, I'm, you know, with someone and I say, Hey, I'll give you, and, and you know, you're getting a top guy. Let's just, uh, you know, say that right. if I say, Hey, Kime, I'm willing to give you a fourth for Sam Howell. Are you doing it? I'll take a third. I want a third. Uh, okay. So, so I have to give you a third or it's no deal. Yeah. Give me a third right now. You going to do it? <laughs> or are you going to back out? How bad do you want him? Wow. The, the John Kime report listeners. <laughs> But that's but that's what I would take. That's what I would take as a third. And you know, it's funny because I had these conversations earlier this week, and I talked them on the podcast. But there are some teams. If you, I don't know how every team does it, but definitely some teams would say if you if you consider the guy a high end backup slash possible starter, for an analytic standpoint, that's worth a third round pick. So if that's the case, that's my price. And and I don't I don't know if they get that or not. I don't. But that's what it would take if you know, like, and we're going to know, here's the other thing, Sam, before the draft, they will have that. If they're going to sign a veteran quarterback, we should know their intentions about what they're doing. Just kind of playing, you know, following the logic here too with it. Exactly. I mean, there's going to be a lot of dominoes that fall that are going to give us indications about what they're going to do. And that's why to me, like the next two weeks are so fascinating. You yeah. Can and, and if you look back at the, you know, kind of supporting this, I mean, the, the bears, traded um the number one pick to the Panthers last year on March 10th. So I, I I think that like if we you know we can leave the combine and we could have resolution to this thing even before free agency. So uh it's a really fun time to be following this story because I think a lot's about to happen. Yeah and it is and, and you know I don't sit here and advocate for any one thing or the other but you have to discuss all because they're discussing all and again they, if you don't discuss every scenario, you're shortchanging everything. The other guy that they that was asked about was Cam Curl. And I know prior to this, it was pretty quiet. It does sound like obviously they've had some talks now, but it sounds like they value him. Is that your take? Yeah, but the question is like, how to much do they point? value? Right. You know, well, it's, 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 it's so easy for me to say, oh, I value John Kine. But then if you maybe put a dollar sign on it, I don't know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, look, yeah, I would say it was, it was quiet and then, you know, they have had discussions. I think the, the most, one of the most notable things Adam Peters said today was that he was not going to use a franchise tag or a transition tag. So, you know, what, what does this look like? I, I, I would guess right now that Cam Curl probably hits free agency. Um, but I mean, that could certainly change. I mean, think you're going to be meeting here this week. Um, but I, I do think that. Dan Quinn said this defense is, is better with him in it. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I don't think anyone should ever have a question about how much Cam Curl raises the floor of this defense, yeah, how much he does. But the splash plays have been lacking. So what is the price for that? I know we've talked about that on this podcast yeah. before. Is it is it 12? Is it 13? Is it 14 per year? Is it lower? Um, is it higher? Th- those are you know questions I think they're going to have to figure out. Do you? So what do you think? If he hits free agency... I mean, that, and it's hard to know because what are the teams going to put the value on him too? And those splash players are the ones that get you paid. But the risk, of course, is losing him. 
I also think they're in good shape at safety with Quan and Derek Force. I think play fit well with what they with the mentality that these guys want. But but Cam is valuable. So you know, where do you think he would be? Would you would you be comfortable in that 12, 13 range? If I were the Commanders, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think you you would feel great about that. I on the free agency market, um, admittedly, I'm not I'm not a cap expert, but like I I think he's a, a top. 10 top eight safety in the league so you know getting up to 13 and a half 14 14 and a half like especially if you max your leverage by getting to free agency i i could totally see that you know and it's funny because that's one thing and i don't know that other teams consider him a top 10 overall safety i think when you're looking at this free agency class he's one of the better safeties available so that's that's how i look at it too because that's what's going to matter is what's your competition at that position how much you want to spend and and you know I, I don't know. Um, I know for ESPN, it was Jeremy Fowler does his little, does a top 10 thing every summer, but he's talking to coaches, executives, and people like that. He was not on that top 10 list for whatever that's worth. But again, he's one of the better safeties available this free agency period. And again, and, and he's versatile too. And I think the more they talk about the big nickel and a lot of teams go into that, that the more valuable I think he is. One of the things that I think we should, pause and talk about here kind is the salary cap because the salary cap had a big jump about 30 million dollars which the nfl called unprecedented and obviously the commanders have a lot of cap space we all know that um one of the highest in the league and i think actually the cap jump hurts them and this is something you had an item you had an item in that in your notebook online so people can go read that but go ahead Wow. Wow. The, the master plug is why I come on here, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I've, I've talked to some executives and some agents and they said, basically, uh, I thought Eric Eager from Sumer Sports had a, had a really nice summary yeah. of this, which is he said, the cap is asymmetrical. It is worse to have little cap than it is good to have a lot of a lot of cap, basically. And so to me, you know, some of the marginal deals or, or even the Cam Curl thing is, these marginal deals, like teams that now have breathing room on the cap space are going to have, you know, the, if they could have done three things before, they're now able to do five or they're able to do three things bigger than they used to. So I think it's important for people to understand, yes, the cap went up and theoretically that helps all teams equally. But in practice, it's not going to help all teams equally. I think the commanders uh, are probably going to have to you know, figure out how they're going to maneuver in a different way. And that, which is a, which is an interesting point when it, when I saw that too, it's, that which makes sense. So, um, but you know, the other thing is too, they need a lot in free. So this is where there are some positions that to me they have to attack in free agency, including defensive end, um, another lineman, and things like that that may not be. And some of them may be more, I wouldn't say under the radar signings, but more just oh, that's a good solid signing, more than it's a big splash signing. This is this is what we're talking about, I think, because and, you know, with the running back market being what it is with with the names available and like the prices they're getting. Do you do you go get one of those guys? But I think free agency, they're probably not going to have, you know, the big headline on, um, you know, on our site or, or ESPN about, oh, the, you know, they gave a big contract to this guy. But if, if, if you go get three or four guys where you're like, hey, this guy fills a hole. This guy right. does a thing that we need to do. And obviously you want more than that. But I think that that would be a successful free agency to me. I, I agree with you. That's why, you know, it's funny because Matt Bowen had one of the guys he projected here was Jonah Jackson, a guard. And like, for some reason, like, I love that because like, I think there's a toughness that guy has, but those are the kind of signings where it might be like, oh, it's not, you know, I don't need, it's not, you know, T Higgins and going out and getting a guy like that. 
but it's a guy that's going to help you. And I think there's a mindset of players that I'd want to get in free agency too, which is just, you know, bring guys who are going to help change the culture. I apologize for using that word, but, but I think that's what worked. But but I'm and I'm by culture, I mean the play on the field, not so much like in the building, but just like the mentality in the room, right? And on the field, like those are the kind of guys that 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 I'd be looking for. I agree with you, but I think I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just like burned out from hearing the word culture over the last four years. I, I you know paused. What, you, you know what? You know what changes the culture? Winning. winning and you know and you know how you win you get a really good quarterback well you do but i also want like i also want to i'd want to fill my roster with guys who have a certain mentality as well so that way and that's what i'm looking for so if i'm going to go and free those are the kind of guys i want to spend and i because i've seen i've seen all the other guys come parade through here who didn't have that who were big time for agents because the knucklehead owner went a different direction excuse me i probably shouldn't say it like that but i no, i i, I totally agree with you and there are times where like i'm gonna want to nerd out about guard play and, and physicality and what they're doing in the red zone and things like that but it's just to me when you have the number two overall pick, like, and, oh, and yeah. somebody somebody was talking to me today about like, would you trade down if you were the commanders? And to me, this is unsolicited, but it that feels to me a little bit too armchair GM type because that like stockpiling these assets and going, oh well, if we like JJ McCarthy, we could trade down to six and he'd still be no. If you think a guy is the guy, you go get the guy. Like if you think JJ McCarthy is that good, take him at two. Like you just need to do everything you can to get the guy. And I, I'm, it, it's, <laughs> if uh, I, I'm, I'm, with I'm you. having a hard time getting it out, but just like, you gotta get a guy. That's the whole thing. That's the whole game. And this is, goes back to the whole Sam Howell thing. While I like him, you haven't solved this position yet. You don't know that. So keep taking the swings and you have the chance at number two to make a, to make a pick. And, and if you don't, I mean, I guess I would always say my whole point is if you don't like any of these guys, then trade back. The problem is you look at next year's class and there's zero guarantee. When will you be in this position again to possibly draft a guy? And they also have, it's not like they need a lot more picks and that they have five in the top 100 here. So and, you're, and you have, so like there's a way to still get better through the draft, address the line. You know, everyone wants to trade back and get Joe Alt. Well, there's good tackles that are going to be available in the second round too. So you can still address these positions and get the quarterback. Well said. I mean, so yeah, there you go. Any other, as far as, I don't know if you've heard any other buzz with, with a Jaden or Drake May that, that you've picked up on there that you were able to share. Contrary to the Twitter reports, I don't think that they have settled on a guy. And I say that because they they haven't had those guys in a room yet. They they don't know enough. I don't think that they are far enough along in their process to say this is the guy. One thing that I will say that stood out, Adam Peters and Dan Quinn and Cliff Kingsbury have talked about intelligence and work ethic and mobility and these like traits that, you know, it's been pretty nebulous, the traits that they've had. Dan Quinn today, I thought, actually had maybe the most concrete thing we've heard a coach say in, in, in our local scrum. And he said, deep ball. Deep ball yep. accuracy is very important to us. And if you go back and look at it, man, I mean, we can talk about the receiver separation and we can kind of go through all these different things. But statistically, 
Jaden Daniels was the best deep ball thrower in the country last year. Yeah. 27 touchdowns, zero picks, uh, like almost a perfect passer rating. Like the dude throws a very, very good deep ball. And obviously he had great talent at receiver, um, certainly more than Drake may had. But when you just look at production on the deep ball, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not drawing a one-to-one comparison here. I don't want anyone to think, Oh, Dan Quinn said this thing. Jane Daniels is very good at it. They're going to take Jane Daniels. I'm just saying that when you get a concrete thing from a coach of what he's looking for, you look who, how, who are the prospects that are performing well at that. And, and Drake mate was good. Don't get me wrong, but Jane Daniels was excellent. So, so you're saying it's it's Jaden Daniels? I'm saying I'm saying open up your sports betting app and and put your life savings on Jaden Daniels right so, now. So, but it, but it, but it is like you give clues. And the funny thing is, they also he also talked about toughness. He's talked about it a couple times. Where and I think when you watch, I don't think you can ever accuse. I don't think I think though these quarterbacks seem to have that element of toughness to them, standing in there or for for Jaden being a little bit too tough at times. But he gets back up every time. Every single time. So like there is, so all that, I think you can look at it, but to the, the last point I would make too, and I want to get you out of here so you can hit the indie streets, but um, shout out Miss 48. Don't ask, don't ask. Um, <laughs> but anyways, but, but just, but the whole point about not being settled, this is a group that was very deliberate, has been deliberate through every process and whether it's the coaching process and going through all that very deliberate. And they, you know, this is a group that seems to keep an open mind. So I think that's why it's not settled at this point, but yeah, I think it, you have to take note when they sit, talk about that. The deep ball thing has been discussed a couple of times by this group. Yeah. And I, I would say that, you know, this is something they've been talking about for years. I remember when Scott Turner was like, Oh, like Carson Wentz is going to throw the deep ball better than Taylor Heineke. And then, you know, they'd love to talk about Sam Howell's deep ball. And, yeah. you know, I, I think a part of that is, is addressing the line. Some of the things we've talked about, but um, yeah, I, I got to go do a lot of drugs and, and, you know, run around with my shirt off or whatever in the Indianapolis streets. Okay. So, <laughs> All right. What stays in it, what happens in Indy stays in Indy. There you go. Thanks a lot, Sam. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Kyle. All right. I told your mom you'd be back. You'd be in bed by 1130 tonight. So make sure you follow through. <laughs> uh, I'll be in prime at 1130. That's for sure. Well, I, well, I meant 1130 AM. So there you go. Morning. All right. Have fun. Thank you. All right. Thanks, man.